Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Welcome to our Monday night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack and we've got our chief, our, let's say he's not chief counsel, he's now the director of Truth and <laughs> Liberty. Liberty, is that correct? That's right. All right, yeah. uh, Richard Harris. <laughs> and Richard started out as our chief counsel, but now he's taken over running our Truth and Liberty. And man, we've been seeing awesome things happen Amen. through Truth and Liberty. That's Good right. stuff happening. That's right. And tonight our guest hasn't shown up. And so you're going to get Richard and me. <laughs> and I hope you aren't disappointed in having us. We got a lot of things to talk about. Matter of fact, we've got some things uh, such as YouTube has canceled us again, mm -hmm. and I've got some friends that are possibly facing discipline or being fired because they associate with me, and our woke culture is uh, just on uh, display. Mm. It's being so messed up. So anyway, we got plenty to talk about, but yeah. we also want to get you involved, and maybe tonight we could have some time for more questions. We could get more involvement from those of you watching since we don't have a guest tonight. And so Richard will tell you how to get involved, and also we got some meetings coming up, giveaways. Thank right, you. right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, it's going to be a great show tonight. So uh, Andrew and I were just sitting here talking for a little bit before we came on, and there is tons of stuff to talk about. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, wanted to mention that um, we have some new resources available on our website. One of the things I want to mention about our resources is you may not be aware, we have a 24-7 news feed on truthandliberty.net. Uh, the truth is that's the only place you need to go to get your news. We draw from all of our favorite reliable conservative sources, uh, not any wild-eyed stuff, but good solid journalism. And you can go there and check that any time of day and get up to date on your news. Um, also, uh, uh, there's a study out by the Cultural Research Center on American values uh, and, the, and how it affected the midterm elections that you might find interesting. Andrew's got some great events coming up. Just finished the, the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference with Lance Wall now. And uh, I wasn't there, but I heard it was great. Uh, the Orlando GTC is coming up February 9th. Uh, Andrew's going to be ministering along with Ashley and Carly Teradez. So uh, if you live in that area or you want to take a trip down to Florida, then register at awmi.net for that. That's going to be awesome. Ashley and Carly are fantastic ministers, and uh, that's going to be wonderful. The Men's Advance is March 9th through the 11th. I love the Men's Advance. This year, uh, Tony Dungy, James Brown, and Billy Epperhart are on tap with you, Andrew. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hope that, that is, uh, they're still going to be there and uh, looking forward to that. Campus Days, March 15th through the 7th, uh, 17th, and Carrie Pickett and many others are going to be ministering there. Campus and Days is one of our best meetings. Last year is one of the best meetings I've ever been to. Wow. It was excellent. Uh, that is one of the highlights of the year, that and Summer Family. Isn't that where you got turned on and decided to come? It is. I went to two meetings, went to Men's Advance. It was in January back then. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we came back for campus days in March and uh, 
it was one of the most powerful encounters I've ever had with God was at that, the last day of that meeting. And it was, uh, of course, the Lord was working on me the whole time, get, trying to get me to come and I was fighting him on it. So scared of being poor, had a poverty mentality, didn't know it. But uh, a care student got on the stage, a third year student and gave a word out of Genesis 22 about Abraham and God is his provider and that God saw to provide and the Holy Spirit ministered that word to me and it just broke me. Do you remember who that was? It was. His name was Doug Bishop. Mm-hmm. And he was in the bishop, he was in the uh, business school, the first yeah. year of the business school at that time. And uh, I could tell you the testimony, Andrew, it was it was incredible. I was um, you know, God directed our steps in the auditorium. He was standing right in front of us, didn't see his face. But then uh, the next thing I know, he's up on the platform and he's given a word out of Genesis 22 and God's faithfulness to him in his time there at Karis. And uh, the Lord miraculously showed me that in my heart, my oldest son was like Isaac to Abraham and God wanted me to put him on the altar. And uh, I knew excuse me, still gets me, but I knew that I knew at that moment that God was speaking to me and I could trust him. And I broke down. I was weeping right there in that chair. Um, Because, you know, I grew up really poor in my life and I had this deep fear that I was never going to let that happen to my family or my kids. And uh, God was calling me to leave my law practice and come here. So being a lawyer, you had a bright future as long as you stuck with it, huh? Yeah, I had finally, you know, made it so to speak. And you were going to give it all up to come to Karis. And, uh, and I couldn't stop crying. And uh, my wife went back to the back and she found Doug. He was standing in the back and she said, that was for my husband. And he said, where is he? And take me to him. So he followed her in and he came right there in the pew with everybody around and everything and laid hands on me and, and uh, pulled me out. And we went into the back hallway where he ministered to me for another hour, hour and a half prophesying and reading my mail. And uh, so the end result was we knew that God was calling us and we went right in and signed up and um, left, came back to Oklahoma, put our house on the market, sold in nine days. And uh, we came here and and, uh, I didn't have to live under a bridge. God gave us a nice house and everything's but it looked like your law days were over and then (laughs) you came to work and you probably got busier with legal stuff than you'd ever been i got plenty busy yeah so it it was um you know i was glad to see god use that too but god's faithful we can trust him amen amen did we have other things well yeah so no that's that's fine campus days it's an awesome event and i tell you what if you're out there and you're you're, you know, God is changing, sending you a new direction. There's nowhere better than Karis Bible College. And uh, so I encourage you to do that. Hey, we give away a product every week here on Truth and Liberty. Uh, for those who are our um, new subscribers, we'll put your name in a hat and draw it out. And last week, I want to congratulate Mark Rogers. You won the new you and the Holy Spirit. This week, we're giving away Andrew's book, More Grace, More Favor. And uh, this is autographed by Andrew. And it's about humility, uh, one of the most powerful virtues uh, that the Holy Spirit
Spirit makes available to us. So subscribe today and you'll be eligible for that. And then also, if you're not a, a member of Truth and Liberty, now we call those who support us financially on a regular basis our members. If you want to be a member, just go on our website uh, to the donate page, sign up to make a gift of $5 or more per month, and you'll help us transform this nation and turn it back to God. And we'll send you a free gift in the mail, this Declaration of Independence, Constitution of the United States, and Andrew's own Declaration of Dependence upon God and His Holy Bible as a pocket resource for you there. So, and last thing is send in your questions tonight. If you're watching on the website, just go to the chat function there and uh, on Facebook in the comment section and we'll do our best to get to them. And let me also advertise that we have phone ministers standing by right now, 24-7. And if you uh, need anything, we would love to pray with you. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. And if something piques your interest and you ask, uh, does Andrew have any teaching on that or something, uh, you can call that helpline number and people there have a list of all of our teachings and they can direct you to something that will be able to be a blessing to you. Amen. So uh, let me first of all start by talking about uh, Kevin McCarthy being voted in as the uh, Speaker of the House. And uh, I'm not going to mention names, but one of the people that we've had right here on this um, uh, program and who I respect and is I consider a friend, we contact each other every once in a while, boy, he just trashed all of the Republican mm. holdouts that made this go to, I think, what was it, 18, 15, 15 uh, ballots. And I can understand the point that's being made because the left was getting a lot of mileage out of this and talking about how dysfunctional all the Republicans are and stuff. But I've got a different take on that. And that is that under Pelosi, you know, they did everything in, uh, in what do you call them? Um, Back rooms? Well, back secret. rooms, but I was thinking of, uh, anyway, there is a, an official title for it. Mm -hmm. But that's what it was. They made all of their decisions behind the scenes, and then they just brought things to the floor and said, here it is, and you will accept this. And there wasn't this back and forth. It was ramrodded through. You know, uh, there was, I forget the exact times, you might know this, but there was a uh, thing that they tried to bring up during Pelosi's six years as Speaker of the House that was about saving children that are born alive through an abortion. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it was called the Born Alive. Yeah, Infant Born Alive Protection Act. Yeah, and they tried to bring that to the floor how many times? It was, I Every, think it was over a hundred times. Oh yeah, constantly. It was, it was over a hundred times and she wouldn't even allow it to be voted on. Mm -hmm. Everything was done in the back rooms and you had to go through these committees is what mm -hmm. I was, mm -hmm. the word I was thinking of. And so there was just very limited ways to get things done. And one of the things that happened, these Republican holdouts, Again, I'm not sure it's the way it should have been done, but I think that the end result was they got so many concessions mm. made that Kevin McCarthy, he, he caved on a lot of things uh, during the last few years, and uh, he, he uh, took some liberal stance on some things, but in order to get these people's vote, he agreed to all kinds of things that have made the process totally different. Mm -hmm. Instead of everything being done in committees behind closed doors, now they are going to debate things out in the open. They have the opportunity to bring things straight to the floor and get yeah. them debated and acted on, which sounds like democracy. Well, yeah, yeah, I think these uh, these 
conservative Republicans, it, 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 they're looking at Washington and going, it's broken. It is. And this is our chance to change things and to improve it a little bit. And um, instead of just the powerful elite making all the decisions, we need to have uh, some of this power distributed because that's what this is about, right? So they, they said um, any, any single member of the House can make a motion to recall, if you will, the, the speaker and say, we're going to vote again on speaker. So that's like, that's some good accountability. That right makes there. you very vulnerable. You can't just ram things through. That's right. And then the, the, one of the most impressive things was that they're going to take spending bills now and break them into subjects, not put every, the entire federal government into one omnibus bill yeah. and hopefully be able to control spending. I think they had something in there about um, that there's going to be no net increase in spending. If they're going to, yeah. if they're going to increase any, they've got to cut it somewhere else. So. Yeah. Those are all awesome things that are good for America. Those are wins for the American public. And That's so right. I think that even though this was messy and it wasn't necessarily something that people liked, and of course the left took advantage of it, the end result of it is it's going to work together for good. We're going to have more representation and hopefully uh, they will also do some investigations. They've yeah. promised to do that on all of the FBI and the <laughs> DOJ mm -hmm. and the way that they've weaponized those departments to come against conservatives. Yeah. So I think that'll be good. Yeah, that's going to be good. It needs to be done. Um, Amen. Yeah. And also another good thing I think that's coming out is Elon Musk. And man, he's releasing all of this Twitter stuff mm -hmm. and showing that there was complicity between the DOJ and the FBI and the Russian hoax and they knew about this stuff and they actually weaponized and controlled social media. Right. You know, we were talking to one of our ladies that uh, works here tonight and she's from the uh, former Soviet Union and she said this is exactly the way it was in the Soviet Union that you couldn't disagree with the government or you just wound up disappearing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and in a sense the government has been limiting uh, opposition and Absolutely. anybody who says something against it. I read a thing today that uh, uh, Musk has reinstated one of the doctors, and I, I, again, I wished I had the name. Yeah. You might know it. But anyway, one of the doctors who was uh, banned from Twitter and stuff like that, and he said that COVID, that the uh, vaccine did nothing to inoculate you against it. It actually increased the spread of COVID, and uh, the boosters and all of that did nothing, and he came out what, a year or two ago, 18 yeah. months or so ago, and said this, and he was banned. They just eliminated anybody who had any opposition against the official line. You know, this this whole state of affairs that we're in now with all this censorship and cancel culture, I don't, I don't remember that being, that, that would have been unthinkable 30 years ago, you know, Andrew. America was all about freedom and free speech. And how did we get to this place where people think that's okay? Jamie and I were talking about this. We just drove back from Phoenix and just got in today, mm -hmm. driving back from Phoenix. And when we came through uh, New Mexico, uh, the governor in New Mexico was very strict. I remember last year when we drove to Phoenix that you couldn't go in a single restaurant anywhere. And the only thing you could do is go through drive-through, takeout type stuff. And I mean, there were hundreds of cars lined up out onto the street. She had just shut everything down. And anyway, my point, uh, we were bringing this up because as we were coming back just yesterday, we drove through New Mexico and we stopped at a place to eat. And I think that there might have been only one or two other people out of the whole restaurant that were not wearing masks. 
they're still wearing masks and now the restrictions are removed, but it's this mentality. They've been forced into subjections to just be good little comrades that yeah. follow along. And I tell you, it's um, something has happened in the psyche of yeah. Americans and they are operating out of fear and intimidation and being browbeaten into things. Well, why do you, why do you think now somebody may get mad at me for saying this, but it seems to me that people on the left are, it's much more tolerable for them to, for there to be censorship. They don't mind shutting people down and... Well, that's see. because they're in charge of what gets censored. Mm -hmm. If you're the dictator, well, then you're all for dictatorship because yeah. you're the one making right. the deal. And they right now have this woke society that it's their standards. Mm -hmm. For instance, I'm not going to mention names, but there's two guys who are friends of mine who are very well known and they got called in today and had to give an answer for their association with me. And... Uh, there, this one person had two people that they had to go in front of, and the first one understood, and basically things went okay. Uh, but the second one, uh, that boss is a homosexual, practicing homosexual, and the criticism was against me for, for speaking out mm -hmm. against homosexuality. And because I've spoken out against it, they take anything you say, and unless you validate and put your stamp of approval on their lifestyle, then they say that you're a hate monger and that mm -hmm. you're doing hate speech, which is not my deal at all. You know, if I had to, I could mention people that are on staff with me who have struggled with homosexuality, and I did not kick them to the curb. They're still with me. They've been with me for years, and I do not hate homosexuals at all, but homosexuality is a sin. Yes, it is. And so I say it's a sin, and I say it's a destructive lifestyle. And what happened, this is from years ago, but I was talking about how homosexuals want special treatment. They don't want equal treatment. They want special treatment. They want, want it so that nobody can ever question what they're saying or doing, that you have to uh, validate what they're doing 100%. And to prove it, I use this example that they put a warning on cigarette labels that this could be hazardous to your health. And cigarettes take uh, seven years off of the average smoker's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And yet the own LGBTQ website, now they've probably changed it because they got criticism. But yep. back, say, six, seven years ago when I pulled this statistic, I've got it in my uh, documents on uh, Christian philosophy, their own website said that homosexuals uh, on average live 20 years less than heterosexuals. Mm. And so I was saying, if they really want equal treatment, if we are going to warn smokers that, you know, this is hazardous to your health, well, then you ought to warn homosexuals mm -hmm. that this is hazardous to your health. And I said, they put a warning on the cigarette label, so, man, you ought to put a warning on the homosexuals. And, of course, it was a joke, but it was making the point that they don't want equal treatment. They want special treatment. And anyway... This magazine has taken that statement that I believe all homosexuals ought to have it tattooed on their forehead. Yeah. And they're making me that I hate homosexuals. And right. because these people have been my friends, they're possibly facing discipline or even being fired. And it's just weird. It's perverted yeah. the way they're doing it. Well, you know, um, I don't know if you agree with this, but I, it seems to me we're 
the pendulum might be starting to swing back a little bit because people's eyes are opening up to the depravity of all of this and where it ends up. It's, you know, with drag queens and children, you know, in elementary schools and um, all this perversion and, and uh, there's just casting off of all restraint and morality, and morality. It's destroying our nation and anybody with common sense has got to be able to see this. Well, you, We're you know, no gender differences whatsoever. It's, it's just craziness. I don't know if our viewers are aware of this, but they actually allowed uh, a couple of drag queens to go into libraries and wear women's, women's lingerie. And I actually saw a picture of one that had something strapped. This is a man posing as a woman and had something strapped around their chest that was actually a woman's breast in this box exposed. And of course, it wasn't the real thing, but they were wearing this in front of kids. It, it looked like they were nude. And, and anyway, they allowed that in these uh, libraries during a children's hour. And so Charlie Kirk has written a children's book and he wanted to go into these libraries and they said no, they wouldn't let him in. Kirk Cameron? Oh, excuse me, Kirk right. Cameron. Thank you. Yep, yep. Kirk, I want to make same. sure I get that yep. right. I got the Kirk part. Right. Yeah, exactly. Kirk Cameron. And anyway, he wanted to go in and have a reading of his book that is moral and based on Christianity and they refused him. And so he pushed back, which is what we've got to start doing. Mm -hmm. And he pushed back and he sued him and so they allowed him to come in. And anyway, these drag queens, I don't know how many people they had, but they might have had a dozen or two dozen right. kids. He turned away 2,500 people that wow. couldn't even get in. Yeah. So this goes to the point of what you're saying that I think that there is a backlash. People are getting fed up with our children being exposed to all of this perversion in the name of equity. It's not. It's, it's pornography. It's it, they ought to be held accountable. It makes me think, go back to what you're saying about these 20 uh, rebels in the, in the House of Representatives. I think what, yeah, the, I think people that were criticizing them, the Republicans that were criticizing them, they were afraid of what it was going to do to the Republican Party. But the truth is they stood for what they believed in. They stood yeah. firm on their convictions and it is going to turn for good. And I think the same thing is true here. If, if people will just stand up for biblical truth in LGBT, in everything else, against socialism, stand for freedom, uh, eventually that is going to draw respect because people are looking for answers. They're looking for people who know what they believe and why they believe it. And you know, these friends of mine who are being criticized because of their association with me, I talked to one of them and we discussed it for a while. And uh, it was my take that it's really not about whether they're associated with me on their own private time or anything. It's the fact that can you dictate to a person what they believe and who they can associate with? That is against everything that America stands for. And that really ought to be the issue. And if yeah. we have to start saying, but look, I don't want you to misunderstand me. And if we have to spend all of our time apologizing for having an opinion that is contrary to the uh, official government opinion, then we've lost our freedom. Mm -hmm. And this is what Elon Musk is beginning to expose. He's beginning right. to take away that censorship and hopefully freedom of speech is coming back through something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, I saw on, on social media the other day, I can't 
quote it exactly, but there was a meme, I think is what they call it, and someone's saying, well, um, I, I've run out of conspiracy theories because they've all come true. It seems like, <laughs> you know, people have been complaining about uh, censorship in social media and all the liberals and all the media said, no, 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 it's not happening. The government's not involved, you know, uh, and look, it's coming true. People are saying the same thing about COVID and on and on down the line. And one of the things we need to mention is that if you're watching this, uh, we've been censored and again. banned again from YouTube mm -hmm. and they went back to it, this isn't even something recent. This is going back into the archives, but they didn't like something we said probably about homosexuality. It probably is, or COVID, one of their pet subjects. And so anyway, there is censorship going on. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not for hating people. I don't hate anybody. But to sit there and just say that if you believe in pedophilia, if you believe in having sex with an animal, that you have the freedom to do that, there needs to be lines. And this nation was established on moral principles. Um, you know, John Adams, the second uh, president, first vice president of the United States, says that the democracy is totally fit, uh, unsuited for anybody but a moral and religious people. And if we ever cease to be moral and religious, that you can't put enough restrictions on people through laws. He said that it, uh, people would run through that like a whale through a net Amen. and stuff. And so the moral uh, fabric of this nation is, uh, you know, what has held it together for all of these years. And we've got people in power right now who are doing everything they can to come against every godly standard that we have. And I tell you, it is demonic. I'm not saying that every single person who opposes anything I believe or that the Bible believes is demon possessed, but I'm saying it is inspired by the devil and whether they know it or not, they are willing uh, participants with the devil. They're coming against the things that are not only things of God, but things that this nation was founded upon and all of our founding fathers spoke against the very thing that we see them doing. Mm -hmm. We got to stand up and push back. Yeah. So these, uh, so is it Kirk Cameron yes, sir. that stood up and, and uh, sued these places? And he's now got an open door and he's got uh, things planned from coast to coast going into these libraries and doing things. And he's drawing hundreds and thousands of people. And that's what we've got to do. You got to quit just sitting and apologizing. Mm -hmm. And you know, again, I've been the one that people have been criticizing because I say that homosexuality is a sin. I say that it's not natural. This is not what the Bible teaches. I am not saying that we hate homosexuals. I'm not saying that you kill homosexuals, which I've been accused of saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying any of those things, but we have to quit apologizing for standing up and saying that homosexuality is not a godly lifestyle. It does not promote family. It destroys lives. And again, you can go back to those statistics that the average homosexual lives 20 years less than the average heterosexual. That right there ought to be a warning to people mm -hmm. that something is wrong. And the way that we are taking our children and grooming them, and I've seen things mm -hmm. that as young as uh, kindergarten, that they, they are allowing them to choose to be a different gender and that they are giving hormone blockers and they're actually doing surgery. And like you were saying, people mm -hmm. are beginning to push back. Some of the people yep. that have been through this surgery and it's destroyed their life, they're now beginning to come out and say things against it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, 
I, I think people today are looking for clarity and there's so much confusion out there and they're looking for um, that, that, that witness, you know, and we need to be, we need to be bold about it. We need to stand up for truth um, no matter where we are and let the chips fall where they may. And that's why, Andrew, I have so much respect for you. I remember watching you during the COVID lockdown and how you're almost your whole ministry was on the line. And we, we didn't know if they were going to come out here with chains and locks and throw you in jail and shut down the buildings and everything else. And uh, you took a stand based on what, you know, uh, freedom and what God had told you. And look at, look at it now. We're, your ministry is bigger now than it was then. We have grown through all of this COVID stuff. And, you know, you can go to Rob McCoy, who we mm -hmm. had at our Truth and Liberty Conference and, uh, and, uh, what, what was the other one out there, Hicks? Oh, um, uh, there were two other pastors we uh, we dealt with. One of them was um, Cheon. Cheon, yeah, yeah. And anyway, I'm sorry, oh, I, right at the moment it for, escapes me, but these people in California who kept their doors open, they increased tenfold yeah. because people were looking for somebody that would take a stand. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we've got to stand up and start fighting back. And if we don't, um, I guarantee you the, the liberals are unrelenting in this. Well, um, so the Lord told you in, in March of 2021, wasn't it? Or 20, March the 5th. March the 5th that uh, basically the third great awakening had begun. And um, there were no signs of it at the time. No. <laughs> right? Joe Biden had just won. Things were dark and bleak and uh, they, they still are in a way. But are you seeing any anything breaking that way now? And well, I am. And you know, uh, we just got through with this meeting in uh, Phoenix, and Lance Wall now, who is on the board of directors for Truth and Liberty, uh, he spoke, and I had kind of seen this before through David and Tim Barton, but it just dawned on me. It really clicked that revival is what the church needs. It will change the church. It will change individuals. But an awakening or a reformation is what changes society. Mm -hmm. And this is what we need. We need a reformation. We need an awakening. And I believe that that's what's happening. Yeah. And if you remember, I had David and Tim Barton come on my television program and I interviewed them right after yes. the Lord told me that. And the Lord had already spoken to them a year before that about a great awakening. And this was one of the points that they made that the first great awakening, the result of it was the civil, I mean, the uh, uh, American, Revolution. American Revolution, the War of Independence. The second great awakening was uh, the thing that the catalyst that made the Civil War come to pass. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always pretty. People right. think of a revival as everybody just loving each other and everything being awesome, but an awakening changes society. And we've got people that have gone so far on an extreme that I guarantee you, if we start having people rise up and stop this weirdness and stop the promotion of transgenderism and abusing our children and homosexuality and, and the overspending and the open borders and on and on, we could go listening things. If we see this all turn around, I guarantee you, it's not going to be pretty. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a pushback we by the liberals. Um, you know, Andrew, at the Truth and Liberty Conference last year, I talked about uh, passages out of Haggai. And in, in Haggai, um, God says that He will pour His glory out in the temple and in the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. But He also says that He's going to shake the earth. 
And Hebrews mm -hmm. quotes that and says um, that uh, he's shaken it once and he will shake it yet again so that that which uh, remains is that which cannot be shaken. Do you think that there's a shaking happening in the church right now as God is, Absolutely. You, you, people like you and Cheon and others who stood for truth, people are being drawn to that. The others who compromised with the devil and worldly philosophy, their ministries and even churches, some of them, a lot of them have not reopened. There is a lot of woke Christians and woke ministers and they are being shaken. Mm -hmm. And to your point, exactly what you ministered at the Truth and Liberty, uh, Lance ministered on some of these things in Phoenix and he was, he was saying there's three heavens. The, the third heaven is where God dwells. The second heaven is where Satan is. And then the first heaven is here, or the atmosphere around the earth mm -hmm. and stuff. And he was saying that when God said he was going to shake, what's happened is he has disturbed the order in Satan's kingdom. And then he quoted uh, Revelation chapter 12, which you and I were talking about before the broadcast tonight. And he says that Satan has come down to the earth with great anger. And, mm -hmm. and what we see, all of this wokeness in the stuff, is Satan being flushed out into the open. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lance was presenting it as a really good thing. This is good. The devil is panicking. He mm -hmm. knows that he has a short time. So he put a positive spin on all of mm -hmm. this. And I really believe that it's going to work out good just based on what God spoke to me that we're in that third great awakening. So uh, last week there was a player uh, for, was he the Buffalo Bills? Um, who, so. who collapsed on the field and had a heart attack. And, um, you know, everybody probably is familiar with the story now, but they did CPR on him right there. And the players and coaches gathered around and prayed for him right on the field. And then an ESPN commentator yeah. prayed on the air live to everyone's shock. I and think that's great. I, I don't know the liberals, they didn't know what to do because he just did it and the cameras were rolling. But I think it ministered to people all over this country. And not only did he pray, but he's getting better. Yeah. When they gave up on him. They said there was no hope and all of a sudden he's a miracle. He was without, he, he had no heartbeat for 10 minutes laying there on the floor. They say that if you're without oxygen for more than three minutes, you have brain damage. And, and uh, he's, he's sitting up in bed talking, sending messages. They're amazed at his recovery. I mean, we could preach on that, right? God is good. Amen. But I think it's a sign of something happening here as people are desperate for the good news and um, uh, responding, you know. When I just happened it. to have a son that was dead for between four and five hours with no oxygen. And we spoke over him and he came back. And you know what? He was driving his truck in front of us. He carries my LED screen to our meetings. And I had breakfast with him this morning. Mm. And he drove back and is functioning pretty well for that's a guy awesome. that was without oxygen for yeah, four and awesome. a half hours. Wow. That's amazing. That's pretty awesome. It is. I looked uh, at him today and I was just thinking, thank you, Jesus, amen. for him being alive. Amen. That was back in 2001. Was it really? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Anyway, if we got any questions, we'll give people a little bit more opportunity yeah. to uh, control the conversation here. Yes. Uh, okay. So, um, a viewer wants to get into the election integrity issue here. Bob on chat is asking, if I recall, you agree that elections in some key states have been stolen digitally and through ballot cheating. What do you recommend Christians do to help fight against this? Without fair elections, all the rest is surely lost. Well, I, there's a lot that could be done. First of all, we need to vote for people who make this an issue mm -hmm. and that say that they're going to clean up 
the voting system. So it, it goes to voting, but also I remember in Virginia when who was the governor there that won? Um, Youngkin? Youngkin is the new governor. And yeah. the, one of the things, I think it was uh, David and Tim Barton that were on here and we were talking about this and they said one of the things that happened was that 95% of all election judges were Republicans and mm. people got involved. Yeah. Whereas before, there was an absence or a, a lack of people getting involved and so by default the Democrats controlled it and that's where a lot of the, uh, um, you know, what do you call it, the false elections, a lot yeah. of the uh, things happened. And so when people got involved, Yunkin got elected because mm -hmm. I believe it affected the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I don't remember the numbers, uh, David and Tim could tell us, but the, the margin of victory pretty much matched um, the uh, uh, the number of votes that these election judges uh, found that were illegal, so uh, it definitely made a made a big difference. And so getting involved in that way is going to. And make do a you difference. remember what you have to do to become an election judge? It's basically just volunteer. Pretty much, yeah, you might have to go through a little training, um, and uh, but you just go down. Typically, you'll go to your county election office, and they'll have a form for you to fill out, and uh, you volunteer and come to a meeting or a training session, and then. Um, they give you instructions on what to do. But I think you have to be an adult and you have to be registered to vote. And so you need to vote, you need to get involved in the process so that we can make sure that it's uh, clear. And also we need to get people registered and turn out the vote and make it so overwhelming for the conservatives that their algorithms cannot overcome the margins. That's right. And so and I, those are three things we could do to make a difference. I think you hit on something important. We we don't we can't give up on this issue. The political establishment wants to just brush it, you know, sweep it under the rug now, including Republicans. Um, but we got to continue talking about it and insisting that they deal with this. Um, and uh, I believe that eventually God will bring all that to light and yeah. we will get understanding on it. Um, uh, just like everything else is coming to light, I think that's going to come to light too. I believe that Republicans are, are wanting to not talk about this is because again, all of the social media has censored anybody who questions it. They put it out as conspiracy theories. And so because of it, it hasn't been respected. It's funny, they call us election deniers. Yeah. Right? Well, the new, now the, the tables turned in the House of Representatives, so the Democrats were a majority, they're a minority now. Their new minority leader said the 2016 election was stolen. So <laughs> they just elected an election denier to be their leader in the House. So. And you could probably speak to this better than I can, but they have a uh, case in front of the Supreme Court, or it's going to go before the Supreme Court, about uh, the election uh, that the Congress did not pursue the... Uh, people who said that they were, they were crying foul at the elections and they have sued, what, hundreds of members yeah. of Congress and it has the potential that they could literally overturn the 2020 elections. It does. I haven't studied that case, uh, but I do, I do think that um, the, what I saw was people were saying it's going to the Supreme Court. It was technically speaking, it was a petition for certiorari, which is 99.7% of those are turned down. Uh, there's only a small, small percentage that are granted. Oh, so it hadn't been accepted. No, no, there's, there's thousands of cases that go to the court and they only take a handful every year. So until the court says, yes, we'll hear it, 
and grants that petition, then it's not really accurate to say that it's going in front of the court. Well, I might have missed it, but I, I thought it was accepted. It hadn't been ruled on or hadn't been presented yet. Well, I'll look that up. I may be wrong, but that's my But anyway, memory. there are things. I believe that God is going to expose all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, as it gets exposed, it's going to be ugly. And there's a lot of people that would like to just say, well, let's put all this behind us, but we need to deal with it. There is corruption at the highest levels, and it needs to be dealt with. All right. You want another question? Mark on chat, please comment on the compromise by President Trump and Carrie Lake concerning their acceptance of the LGBTQ agenda and some churches accepting this evil agenda as well. It is terrible and awful that they've compromised with this evil sexual sin. I think that this viewer is talking about that uh, Donald Trump and Carrie Lake, well, the, he hosted the log cabin Republicans at his place down in Mar-a-Lago and Carrie Lake spoke there and they were talking about how the Respect to Marriage Act, or we call it Disrespect to Marriage Act, was such a good thing. Yeah. Oh, they did? Um, Trump said that? Yeah. I'm not aware of that. I wouldn't agree with that at all. Uh, I do know that there are some conservatives who are homosexuals that are just fed up with the way that the homosexuals are trying to uh, ban anybody who disagrees with them. So there are some conservative homosexuals. And if I was running the Republican Party, I'd welcome them in, even though I don't agree with their lifestyle at all. But if they're going to stand for conservative principles and stuff, I wouldn't kick them out just because they're homosexuals. Yeah. So I don't know but, if that's what Trump and Lake are doing or not. Well, I think they're, they're trying to have the support of those folks, but they're endorsing this federal mandate that everybody has to um, uh, give full faith and credit to gay marriage laws, no matter where they are. That respect for marriage act. Yeah, that's what. No, it, that's I'm, what it a, I'm against that 100 percent. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't support that at all. Well, it, here's another one on the LGBT, Andrew. This is uh, uh, Sweetie on Facebook says, "I met a homosexual who was so sweet. She was upset because Christians have told her that she was going to hell. I told her a real Christian would tell you Jesus loves you." I mean, who is the bigger sinner? Why can't we display Jesus' love to one another instead of condemning? Um. Just to tell a person, <laughs> boy, this, this may get us banned again. Of course, we're already banned. Yeah. But you, just to tell a person that you're going to hell is not hate speech. That's love to tell a person that this is unacceptable. Amen. It's not homosexuals that go to hell. It's people that don't accept forgiveness that go to hell. Good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. It's, it's people who've accepted the forgiveness that is available through Jesus that go to heaven and people who reject it that go to hell. So whether they're a homosexual or a lesbian or whatever they are, if they haven't accepted Jesus, they're going to hell. And it's love to tell a person that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm reminded of, um, I think it was E.W. Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, but anyway, it was one of our guests I'm not sure that that's who it was. But anyway, one of our guests got called on a national uh, program and they bashed him because he spoke against uh, homosexuality and said people were going to hell. And this host was just sitting there saying, that's hate speech. And anyway, what they did, they said, look, if there really is a hell, 
And if people that don't accept Jesus are going to hell, is it hate to, t to warn a person against this and to say that you've got forgiveness and that Jesus loves you and that He would accept you? That's not hate speech. That's actually love to tell a person the truth. Mm. And this host actually turned around mm. and said, you know, I've never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. If you really believe what the Bible says, it is love to tell a person the truth. Well, it's the truth that's going to set them free. Is it in Deuteronomy or Leviticus where it commanded even in the Old Testament to love your neighbor? Absolutely. And then immediately after that, it talks about if you let the sin, you know they're sinning and you don't warn them? That's Leviticus 19, 17, and 18. Verse 18 is what Jesus quoted in Matthew chapter 22 where He was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And He said, the greatest one is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment He quoted from Leviticus 19, 18, and that says that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And people have taken that. Even, you know, I don't know this uh, person that asked this question. I don't have any idea about uh, you know, the nuances to what you're saying. But people have taken that and said that you're just supposed to love people and you shouldn't ever say anything that would offend a person. But if you put it in context, that 18th verse of Levit Leviticus chapter 19 says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But the 17th verse says, you shall not hate your neighbor in your heart, but you shall in any wise rebuke him and not suffer sin upon him. And then it says, you will love your neighbor as yourself. And if you put them together, what this is saying is that if you were headed for hell, if you were headed for total destruction and you didn't realize it, wouldn't you want somebody to come tell you the truth? Mm. And that's the context of saying, love your neighbor as yourself. You should love people enough that you tell them the truth. And so, yes, I tell everybody I meet that Jesus loves you, but He loves you so much that He doesn't want to leave you the way you are. He wants you to change, and He wants you to be set free from homosexuality. If you read Romans chapter 1, homosexuality is the last stop on a train that is going to hell. And I mean, you need to jump off that train because there is progressive steps, and you can reach a place where I think it's... Uh, Romans 1:28, if I'm not mistaken, says that because they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to work all ungodliness. In other words, if you don't want it, the conviction of God and this conscience that's inside of every one of us tells us that it's wrong for two men to have sex or two women to have sex or a man to have sex with an animal or a man to have sex with a child. You've got a conscience inside of you. That's what Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20 are saying. And you know the truth. People are saying that they don't know that this is the way God made them, but you know better than that. And if you keep denying that conscience and say, no, I'm not going to respond to this. I'm going to accept the way that people are saying it today. You can push yourself to a point that God says, because you don't want the truth that you know in your heart, He'll turn you over to a reprobate mind. And so that's a dangerous place to be. Mm -hmm. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 44, nobody can come to me except the Father draw him. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes unto the Father but through me. And if you reject Jesus over and over, God will just quit convicting you. And once you reach that, there is no hope for you. So I think it's wrong just to tell a person God loves you, period, 
AND FOR THEM TO TAKE THAT AS WELL, THEN HE LOVES ANY LIFESTYLE THAT I'M DOING. IF I GO OUT AND MURDER PEOPLE, IF I GO OUT AND COMMIT ADULTERY, IF I LIE, IF I STEAL, IF I COMMIT PEDOPHILIA, IF I BESTIALITY, THERE'S NO RESTRICTIONS. GOD JUST LOVES ME. GOD DOES LOVE YOU, AND HE'S OFFERING SALVATION. BUT IF YOU DON'T ACCEPT IT, THERE IS A HELL THAT PEOPLE ARE GOING TO BE IN. AND THEY, MATTER OF FACT, WE HAD TWO ATHEISTS COME OUT THIS LAST WEEK THAT I READ THEIR STATEMENTS. ONE OF THEM, THIS WAS RONALD REAGAN, JR. Mm-hmm. IT CAME OUT AND SAID HE'S AN ATHEIST AND HE IS HAPPY TO mm-hmm. dwell, uh, BURN IN HELL OR SOMETHING TO THAT. Mm-hmm. Effect. THERE WAS mm-hmm. TWO DIFFERENT PEOPLE AND I MIGHT HAVE MIXED. BUT ANYWAY, HE WAS SAYING THAT HE WAS AN ATHEIST AND HE DIDN'T MIND HELL AT ALL. HE WASN'T AFRAID OF IT. I TELL YOU, THAT'S WRONG. THERE IS A HELL AND PEOPLE ARE GOING TO GO THERE. AND IT'S LOVE TO TELL PEOPLE THAT YOU'RE GOING TO HELL, BUT GOD LOVES YOU. YOU DON'T HAVE TO GO THERE. YOU CAN, you can BE DELIVERED. Mm-hmm. AND, YOU KNOW, IT SEEMS LIKE THAT uh, THE HOMOSEXUAL MOVEMENT, ALL THE LGBT THING, that THEIR MAIN THING IS THEY WANT, uh, FIRST THING, they, THEY ACT LIKE THEY'RE BORN THAT WAY, RIGHT? THEY AREN'T. AND THEN THEY WANT YOU TO ACCEPT THEM BECAUSE THEY'RE BORN THAT WAY. BUT THAT'S NOT WHAT THE BIBLE TEACHES. NOT AT ALL. SO uh, I DON'T THINK A HUMAN BEING IS BORN WITH A BABY DOESN'T HAVE SEXUAL FEELINGS ONE WAY OR THE OTHER, RIGHT? <laughs> SO, um, AND THE EVIDENCE, YOU DON'T EVEN HAVE TO GO TO THE SCRIPTURE, BUT uh, THE MAYO CLINIC DID A STUDY ONCE um, SHOWING THAT MOST PEOPLE WHO HAVE HOMOSEXUAL FEELINGS IN THEIR YOUNGER YEARS um, uh, GROW, I DON'T WANT TO SAY GROW OUT OF IT, BUT THEY DO, AND BY THE TIME THEY'RE IN THEIR MID-20s OR 30s, THOSE THINGS ARE RESOLVED. SO HOW COULD THAT BE IF YOU'RE BORN THAT WAY? AND SO, uh, AND THEN ANOTHER THING, ANDREW, I'D LIKE YOU TO COMMENT IN is, IS THE NEW TESTAMENT SAYS THAT THE LAW IS GOOD IF USED LAWFULLY. THAT'S RIGHT. AND that's, THAT it, IT WAS GIVEN FOR A PURPOSE TO SHOW US OUR SECOND TIMOTHY CHAPTER 1. LET ME USE THESE VERSES RIGHT HERE. This, THIS SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 1, VERSE 18, FOR THE WRATH OF GOD, AND THIS IS NEW TESTAMENT, THIS ISN'T ONLY SAYING THAT THE LOVE OF GOD, THE LOVE OF GOD IS AWESOME. GOD IS LOVE. THAT IS HIS NATURE AND CHARACTER. AND I'M NOT SAYING THAT GOD IS THIS MEAN, HARSH, ANGRY GOD. HE LOVED THE WORLD SO MUCH THAT HE DIED FOR OUR SINS AND TOOK IT UPON US. AND NOT ONLY THOSE WHO HE KNEW WOULD ACCEPT HIM, HE DIED FOR THE PEOPLE THAT ARE TOTALLY REJECTING HIM AND SAYING THESE TERRIBLE THINGS AGAINST HIM. SO GOD IS LOVE AND HE MADE A PROVISION FOR OUR SIN. BUT HE ALSO IS JUST AND HOLY. AND FOR HIM TO JUST EMBRACE SIN AND EMBRACE PEOPLE WHO ARE BLASPHEMING AND STANDING AGAINST EVERYTHING THAT HE MADE US TO BE, HE WOULD BE UNJUST. HE WOULDN'T BE HOLY IF HE JUST OVERLOOKED THOSE THINGS. HE PAID FOR OUR SINS, BUT YOU HAVE TO ACCEPT THAT PAYMENT, AND THAT ONLY COMES THROUGH MAKING JESUS YOUR PERSONAL SAVIOR. A PERSON WHO DOESN'T DO THAT IS GOING TO SPLIT HELL WIDE OPEN, AND I DON'T CARE IF YOU'RE THE SWEETEST, NICEST PERSON AROUND. IF YOU DON'T THINK ENOUGH OF WHAT GOD DID TO ACCEPT, HUMBLE YOURSELF AND ACCEPT JESUS AS YOUR SAVIOR, YOU WILL SPEND AN ETERNITY SEPARATED FROM GOD. AND IT SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 1, VERSE 18, FOR THE WRATH OF GOD IS REVEALED FROM HEAVEN AGAINST ALL UNGODLINESS. IT DIDN'T SAY SOME UNGODLINESS. IT SAYS ALL UNGODLINESS AND UNRIGHTEOUSNESS OF MEN WHO HOLD THE TRUTH IN UNRIGHTEOUSNESS BECAUSE THAT WHICH MAY BE KNOWN OF GOD IS MANIFEST IN THEM FOR GOD HAS SHOWN IT UNTO THEM. NOTICE VERSE 19, IT'S AN INTUITIVE KNOWLEDGE. IT'S IN THEM. EVERYBODY HAS A CONSCIENCE. 
And this conscience, according to Romans chapter 2, verse 15, says this conscience is either condemning them or excusing their actions. It's the part of us that has this intuitive knowledge of right and wrong. And so it's manifest in them because God has shown it unto them. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What these verses are saying is that nobody is created this way. Everybody had an intuitive knowledge. But the rest of Romans chapter 1, which I've already quoted down to verse 28, uh, you have to take progressive steps away. You have to deaden yourself. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that you can sear your conscience with a hot iron. You can make it so that it's non-responsive. And this is where our society is going. They're trying to normalize homosexuality, adultery, uh, pedophilia, anything. Mm -hmm. Everything goes. Mm -hmm. they're, they're taking away a work ethic, which the Bible talks about. If you don't work, don't eat in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. And they're coming against that and telling you, no, everybody needs to get the same thing. There's even people that have presented that we should all get a certain amount of money given to us by the government. Yeah. It's completely unscriptural. And they're just coming against all of these things. And people in their heart know it's wrong, and uh, they're just pushing back at it. So I love everyone. I know that there's people that will take the things that I've said, and boy, this is just fueling their fire. But you know what? I'm telling you the truth. And it's the truth that will set you free. Amen. And there will be a time, it says in uh, Matthew, Chapter 12, I believe it is, that every idle word that men speak, they will give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. And God loves you, and I don't want to see you be condemned. I don't want to see you suffer this punishment and rejection. And so that's the reason I'm telling you the truth. I'm not saying these things in hate. I love every single person, but it's not going to work for you unless you repent and accept God's standard and not the woke standards of this society. Mm. I could just about preach on that. Well, I think you have. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, it's a big issue, isn't it? And I've, I think... Um, what, what America needs right now is a church that's going to stand up for truth. It doesn't need uh, any, any more of this coddling, mamby-pamby, you know, mushy stuff where we're not speaking the truth because it's the truth that sets you free. It's the truth free. that sets you free. Yeah. And so anybody who's going to take the things that I've said and twist them and turn it so that I'm a, uh, I hate homosexuals and stuff, I'm just saying straight up, you are out and out lying and twisting my words. That is not what I'm doing at all. I love people enough that I'm going to tell them the truth and tell them that Jesus loves them. He paid for their sins, but it's not automatic. You have to confess Jesus as your Lord and receive that salvation. And if you don't, and if you persist, and if you hold on to your sins saying that God made you this way when the Lord said He made a male and female, you'll be held accountable for those kind of things. And so you need to repent. Let me just add right here that if you are convicted right now and if you know what I'm saying is the truth and you want to repent, we've got people standing by at our phones 24-7. You can call that number that they have on the screen, 719-635-1111. And there's people that will pray with you and they'll tell you about how much Jesus loves you. And they'll extend salvation towards you, but you have to receive it. Amen. We'd love Amen. to see Amen. you change. You know, uh, I was hearing the other day about a, 
a guy who was in youth ministry, and he came out of the closet, and uh, this is here in this area, and um, he couldn't over, he, he didn't find victory, I guess, over his feelings or whatever. And do you, do you have a word for people that are struggling in that area? How do you walk free from sin, even sins like that that plague you through your lifetime? What does the Bible say about that? You know, this reminds me of Janet Boynes, who we've had on this program. But Janet was a Christian, and she lived as a lesbian for 14 years, I believe mm -hmm. it was. And basically, the way that she got right back with God, she was out, I mean, like 2 o'clock in the morning shopping or something and ran into somebody at a store, and they just loved her and told her that God loved her and could set her free. And so she reached out and started going to a church, and the church people helped her through it. And there is a renewing of the mind. And for a brief period of time, she continued in that lesbian relationship, but people reached out. I've done that exact thing. People will twist my words and say, so you just hate all homosexuals. I'm not going to name names, but I've got people on my staff who've struggled with homosexuality, and I did not fire them. And I, they've been with me for years, and I haven't fired them, and we work through things. Mm. So it's just a lie to say that I hate them. But I hate the damage that homosexuality does to people, and I'll tell people the truth that this is not the way that God made anybody to be. And so if you're struggling with some of those things, I encourage you to find somebody. You can, again, call our helpline. We've got people that will pray with you, and we've got, uh, I think it's 1,200 ministers that are associated with us around the world who would reach out to you and help you break that addiction and break, break out of those Amen. kind of things. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not against anybody. Amen. Amen. Got time for one last question. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. Um, Did many with all the, <laughs> we have a lot of questions. Um, uh, how do you minister to someone that's raised in a Christian family and knows the word, but they keep putting off turning their heart to God? Well, you'd have to be led by the Holy Spirit to know it on an individual basis. But basically, it's the truth that's going to set people free. John chapter 8, verse 32. And there's a lot of people thinking, well, I'm just going to love them. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to speak the truth because that might offend them. You cannot set a person free through your love. It's the truth that sets people free. Now, your love is a big part of that because it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, we have to speak the truth in love. So you don't use the Word of God like a club and just hate people with it. you got to speak the truth, and it has to be done in love. But it has to be the combination of this. And if you are thinking, I'm not going to speak anything truthful because that might offend them, then you are taking away the opportunity for them to get changed. Mm. You know, the, the, the love chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, says uh, charity or love rejoices in the truth, not in iniquity. Amen. Amen. Man, we're out of time. We got anyway. We awesome. we're glad that you joined us tonight. Hope this uh, blessed you and helped you. And we also want to thank our uh, is it uh, CTN CTN that carries this and uh, broadcasts this for us. Thank you very much. Remember that we do this every Monday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. 
And uh, we would love to have you join us again next Monday. Hopefully our guest will show up yes. next Monday. and <laughs> You won't have to listen to me the whole time. But God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. We love you regardless of where you are, but we love you enough to tell you the truth. God bless you. Good night. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 